This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. It is Thursday, the 14th of December, 2023, 12.05 here in the studio. Now, earlier this month, it was reported in the news that Malaysia's social security organization, SOCSO or PECASO, has suffered a data breach involving personal data. A group self-described as ethical hackers posted a forum thread highlighting that the PECASO portal as as well as a database of its internal documents, has been breached. According to a report by cybersecurity company Surfshark, Malaysia ranked as the eighth most breached country in Q3 of 2023, with 494,699 leaked accounts, a significant increase of 144% compared to the previous quarter. That was reported uh, back at the beginning of December. Now, this is approximately four Malaysian user accounts being compromised every minute. The report also indicated that Malaysia ranks fifth globally in breach density, with around 5,436 accounts breached per day. And according to the Cybersecurity Malaysia Mid-Tier Threat Report at 2023, the government sector experienced the greatest number of data breaches while the telecommunications sector leaked the highest volume of data. In the first half of the year, the report said the government sector accounted for 22% of breaches, followed by telcos at 9%. And, of course, with cyber attacks and data breaches getting even more rampant, is it a case of an organization's lack of IT security measures and practices? It seems that the hackers are always a few steps ahead. Is it possible to outwit them? If you've got any thoughts, you can get us on our... Uh, U-Mobile WhatsApp number, it is uh, 018-789-8899. Of course, we are on X at BFM Radio. Helping me, as per usual, with this very similar conversation, um, good friend of mine, C.F. Fung um, from LGMS Barhad, and, of course, cybersecurity consultant, on how we can enhance our country and organization's cybersecurity posture and crisis preparedness to counteract this rising tide of cyber threats. Uh, C.F., welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Good to be here. Another month, another breach, huh? Yep. Here we are again. We have to stop meeting like this. Every time <laughs> yes. I speak to you. There's always a cyber incident happening. There's always something happening, yeah. right? Now, and, and this is a question I normally ask uh, uh, whenever we speak. The, the current trends that we're observing in this current landscape of, of cybersecurity threats and data leaks, has it changed over the months or, or is it the same kind of trends? It has always been constant. I mean, if there's one thing I can describe that always go up, is cyber attacks. Right. So what, I mean, the trend, what we have been observing recently uh, is that hackers are getting more organized. Mm. Um, they are more organized now. Uh, they are more resourceful. And we are seeing more corporate espionage, espionage happening. Uh, and s- certainly there are also white collar crimes. Mm. And all of these have something to do with the vulnerabilities, the weaknesses of organizations mm. who are not paying much attention to cybersecurity. Mm. Um, and, I think this is going to continue. This is a continuous issue. Mm. It's not going to be. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. We've we've spoken about this many times, and it feels like we're banging our heads against a brick wall sometimes. Yeah, indeed. What are the simple key uh, cybersecurity measures that organizations should have in place 
to prevent these data breaches and unauthorized access to the sensitive information? Well, I think ultimately we need to have a paradox change. Like, for instance, a lot of people, we still think that cybersecurity is an, is an IT issue. Yeah. It's no longer an IT issue. It, it's a people issue. It right? is It is a people issue. It is a business survival issue mm. because all of us are putting our business online. We are digitalizing everything that we do. Now, in the process of digitalization, if it's, there's no cybersecurity in place, of course, we are, the foundation is not there. Mm. Right? For instance, we are a lot of, um, I mean, the common perception is that, hey, uh, you know, I, we get a lot of questions like, hey, we are not doing business online. We do not have any transactions happening online. Why should we be bothered about cybersecurity? Right. We're not a bank. We're yeah. not an insurance company. But then again, come to, come to think of it, do you use office documents? Mm. Do you send emails? Do you mm. receive messages from social media platforms? Mm. If you do, meaning that you are one of those targets the hackers will be prey mm. on. Mm. So I think we have to change the mindset first, mm. right? We have to recognize that cybersecurity is no longer an IT issue. It is an issue concerning everybody. Mm. Uh, so what's more for uh, businesses, right? It's, it is a business survival issue. Once a cyber attack happens, the cost of impact can easily outweigh you know, the cost mm. of investment for cybersecurity. It, it's, it's no longer a what if, it's, it's more of a when. Yes, it's a matter of when. Yeah. It, we have to assume another, another new uh, terms that I would like to coin is we need to assume breach. Yeah. We have a new, um, new mindset that we, ass- we have to assume breach and in the circumstances of, of breach, do we know what to do? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of uh, mindset. So when we look at the context of data leaks, what, and what role do you think encryption plays in safeguarding confidential data? And how can organizations effectively implement encryption strategies? And the reason I bring this up is because, and, and I won't mention names, but it's, it's a very large, very public corporation mm-hmm. that have been storing data on a very simple database unencrypted. It seems like applies to a lot of multinational yeah, corporations. Yeah. Well, I think encryption is, is good. It's, the way I see it is encryption is uh, always the last line of defense mm. because that's, that is the controls they put in place in case you know the data has leaked out and then at least you still have encryption to protect the data. Mm. Implementing encryption is not easy because it requires good security to manage the key the encryption key. So I would say if we are to look at the whole situation, right, uh, to protect our data, we need to apply layers of security. So encryption could be the last layer of security. We use it as a last line, line of defense. But before anyone access to the data, we have to in, instill different types of controls, mm. like access control, who can access or who cannot access. Right. right. We need to have policies and procedures to implement preventive measures. So... Encryption is good, but then again, managing the security key of the uh, encryption key is also another another security complexity. There. So th- there has to be tiers yes. of, of access, layer of defenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just before we go into a break, you know, uh, what about um, these these organisations? How can they kind of assess and prioritise potential vulnerabilities in their network systems to kind of proactively address uh, security concerns before they get escalated, before they turn into a crisis like we've been witnessing over the last few days? Yes. I think organisations today, nowadays, have so many measures, you know. Uh, but like I, what I'd like to, like to summarise is this. Um, look at it from a prevention standpoint. Yeah. From preventive perspective, there's so many things we can do. We can mm. do security health checks. We can do vulnerability assessment, we can even do penetration testing to mm. test the security controls, the existing security controls, how valid, how secure they are. Are they really functioning? Um, at least once a year, I, I would strongly advocate any organizations, regardless of sizes, you should carry out vulnerability assessment, penetration testing. 
you can either do it by yourself or engage your experts to help you do it, but at least once a year. Mm, mm. I, I mean, I've spoken to people uh, and companies where whenever there is an update to your system, whether it be Windows or, or, or Mac OS or whatever it is, at that point after you've installed that, that's probably a good time to kind of check the vulnerability of your system, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. The reason why patches are made available is because certain vulnerability has been discovered by the mm. hackers. That's mm. why the vendors, the manufacturers release the patch. Mm. So there's always a reason why a patch is available. Mm. It's because you need to really patch so that the, the vulnerabilities and loopholes are no longer valid. Mm. Mm. So um, that's why, yes, it is always be think prevention. Mm. Yeah. And for those of you out there, and I know there are some of you out there, and I know there are some companies out there who have been maybe purchasing your version of Windows perhaps on Shopee or Lazada. Don't do that. This is, you're constantly opening yourself up to these kind of issues, correct? Exactly. Uh, Pirated software is one of the key, one of the most popular ways for hackers to, to infiltrate into organizations yeah, through yeah. pirated software. Yeah. Word of warning, folks, there. Okay, we are going to take a short break. Uh, if you have any contributions to this show with me or CF, please get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899. You can get us on X. We are at BFM Radio. We're going to take a short break uh, with some ads and a little bit of music from Jamiroquai. We'll be back in about four minutes. Don't go anywhere. This is uh, Enterprise BizBytes here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Burger, fries, Milo, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Rich Bradbury. If you're only just joining us, uh, we are talking about how earlier this month it was reported in the news that Malaysia's social security organization had suffered a data breach involving a lot of personal data and a group self-described as ethical hackers posted a forum thread highlighting that the portal has, uh, a, a, as well as a database of its internal documents, had been breached. We're discussing that right now uh, and in the studio with me is CF Fung from LGMS Burhad, uh, cybersecurity consultant. Uh, we're kind of running through some of the stuff. Now, um, CF, one of the things that, um, if you've been following this story, one of the things that we mm -hmm. saw was that the meeting immediately after the data breach had happened uh, was also leaked. Yes, um, unfortunately. With, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess that kind of leads into the question of like, once you've found out uh, that there has been a leak, um, what kind of steps should you take immediately following that discovery of the data breach to kind of minimize impact, mitigate potential risks to uh, the individuals on that list, yeah. uh, potentially, and in fact, the organization in general? I think from an organization perspective, the first thing we do during an incident, we call it an incident, is con containment first, mm. to limit what what we can share and what we cannot share. And of course, uh, with the containment, we need to do clean sweep. We need to start detecting and we need to start investigating and do, and do a root cause analysis. Mm. Uh, apparently, based on the case, we... Um, um, unfortunately, we just, I, I say unfortunately is because the meeting recording was published yeah. and uh, apparently the hackers are still within the network, still wow. within the organization. As, right? as of today? No, I mean, oh, during, you mean during the meeting, right? right yeah, so during yeah. the crisis, um, if, because mm. the hackers are still... In, within the organizations, that's why it's very hard to for you to carry out any kind of investigations yeah. because whatever you do, the hackers will stay ahead of you. Yeah. Right. So I think the containment is one thing. We need to limit, 
you know, what kind of uh, information we're going to share, we, what kind of measures we're going to, the way how we're going to carry out the meetings even. Mm, mm. So containment is the key mm. during incident. And of course, during incident, coordinate, coordination is subsequently also important because without coordinations, everyone has their own idea, you know, the vendors will come in, yeah, the, the, the software providers will come in, everyone has their own idea. Mm, so mm. coordination is the key as well. It, it almost feels like in a situation like this, when you found out that something has happened, having an uh, online digital meeting mm-hmm. seems analogous to what you should be doing. You know, you, it's a, it's almost like you should get together in yes. the same room and have a physically, discussion. Yes. Physically, yeah. yeah because right. whatever it is, it's no longer be trusted. You can right. no longer be trusted, especially yeah. the network, you know, whatever computers are using for meetings shall no longer longer be trusted yeah, after yeah. an incident or yeah. even during the incident, right? So that's that's the whole point of doing containment. We right. need to contain uh, how we share intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I, I would have been walking around the office unplugging everything, you know, and then saying, right, let's get together and have a meeting. You exactly. know, that's, yeah. that's personally what I would have done. But hey, I'm not an expert. Anyway, um, what do you think are some of the best practices then for securely storing and managing personal data to prevent unauthorized access and ensure compliance? Yeah, I think, Personal data becomes one of the greatest assets for organizations today. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you use it for business or whether you you are government agencies, um, it has value. It has definitely. It has. It, it is an asset, right? Yeah. So the the sad point is that a lot of the time we do not recognize it that it has a value. It has an asset. In fact, it can become a liability. You know, when it when you have a data leak uh, from asset turn into become a liability. Mm. So I think the most effective ways for organizations today is always think proactive. Mm. You know carry out drills, carry out cyber drills, mm. carry out, um, you know, a threat intelligence search to see whether it's anyone sharing your data within the dark web, you know, whether the hackers are talking about your organizations. A lot of these activities are proactive, mm. uh, can be proactively done, right? Mm. So before disaster happens, like uh, just retract back of what we have shared earlier, carry out penetration testing, carry out vulnerability assessment to understand what are the weaknesses uh, within your organizations, mm. fix it, before the hackers take advantage of it. Why do you think that there are companies out there though that, that are so worried about have, doing these tests? Is it because, uh, uh, just kind of riffing here, that one, they might think it's too expensive. Uh, two, they might think it, it's time consuming and they have to come offline and they have to do all of these things. Uh, and, and, and three, I'm guessing it's probably because they don't want to be made accountable. You know, if, if they are found out that there are problems Who's going to fix it? And is it going to be expensive? Yes, I think what what the points, all the points they point out are very valid. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest issues, why organizations, regardless of sizes, why organizations are not doing it proactively in terms of cybersecurity prevention, for a few reasons. Number one, cybersecurity itself is complex. Yeah. You know, when we talk about cybersecurity, we talk to different people, we talk to a software vendor, you talk to a network provider, you talk to a cloud service provider, everyone has their own perspective of right. cybersecurity. Yeah. So that adds into the complexity. That's the reason why it is important, right, when you when you are looking at your organizations, when you want to assess the security of organizations, talk to someone who are neutral, mm. someone who are objective, mm. who are not selling you any software or not a platform provider. Mm. Talk to someone neutral, engage with someone um objective to give you an opinion mm. because security you need to look at it from layered from a layered perspective mm-hmm. multiple layers from external internal and uh, different layers will have the different controls in place mm. so example if i talk to a software uh, developers software developer probably going to tell me anything something that only related to software if i talk to an antivirus vendor 
the only security thing they would tell me probably just install buy a new you know new yeah. version of antivirus yeah. if I talk to a fire, firewall um, sellers same thing is going to happen yeah. so that's why it is important to talk to someone who are neutral engage an expert talk to an expert who are neutral and objective mm. and can give you an overview of the entire a holistic view yes. of everything yeah. yes okay so we, we spoke a little bit about this earlier on but I just kind of wanted to have a, a bit of a deep dive in you know employee awareness as well and training programs that this this promoting this culture of cybersecurity for 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 us it's it's very important of course you know we're a radio station we have documents and data that is incredibly important to us yeah. um stuff like all of our podcasts have been backed up research documents are backed up and if any of that got out there in the real world you know it, it would for us it would be embarrassing for one and like you say data has value yeah there has been times, though, where we've had emails come in and you know it's a, a phishing attempt, right? I know it's a phishing attempt because I have conversations like these with, with you and I've done my research. Mm-hmm. But we do have staff members, you know, yep. bless them, that might not be aware of this. Yeah. How important is it to sit down with them and say, look, this is what a phishing attempt looks like. This is a potential phishing attempt. Yeah, I think I like the word that you used just now. A culture, yeah. You know, security. It is a culture. Mm. You know, there's no way you can impose cybersecurity mindset into anyone without building into the culture. Mm. So it is a culture. It is something that cannot be achieved overnight. Mm-hmm. It has to be continuous. It mm. has to be uh, ongoing. Like security awareness is ongoing. Ongoing matters, right? For any organizations today. Like I say, regardless of what industries, what sectors are you are coming from, cybersecurity you need to build into the employees' culture. Yeah. Uh, regardless whether it's just for the top management, every layers of employment need mm. to be aware about cybersecurity. Mm. So that's like what you say. I mean, phishing emails are very common today. Mm. Uh, they even have a specific name for it. The kind of a name for these kind of phishing emails: business email compromise. Yeah, they pretend to be someone else who you know you wouldn't send uh, normally send you instructions to do yeah. something else. So it is a culture. We need to looking at looking at it at a cultural standpoint. We need mm. to build into the company culture. Okay, just before we take a break, then, um, in the event of a data breach, um, what communication strategies should organisations uh, employ? I guess to inform affected individuals, customers, and the relevant authorities, whilst maintaining trust and transparency. I mean, and I guess that's a case of like, don't panic. Yes. How do you get your message across effectively without it looking as though you're still vulnerable? Yeah, I think more more importantly, like uh, back, uh, just like to backtrack again, do containment. Um, and for communication, it is very important for the organizations to have facts and data. You know, you do not want to make any announcement without any facts. You, you, you do not want to tell people that you are secure yeah. already, but at the same time, hackers are still inside your network right, and right. spying on you, your meetings, right? So the thing is, uh, we need to have data, we need to have facts, and that can only be achieved if we have an effective incident response plan. Mm. So um, the key thing for communication is also be transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be transparent, but in order to be transparent, of course, we need to have data and facts. Mm. So uh, it's all one link to another. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Folks, we are going to take a short break here, of course. We are commenting on a few things. Uh, most importantly, we were kind of referring back to that uh, data breach that happened over at Soxo just a few days ago. Uh, I'm in the studio, of course, with Sia uh, Fung. He is from LGMS Berhad and, of course, is a cybersecurity consultant. We'll be right back after these messages. We've got some uh, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton with Islands in the Stream here on Enterprise Biz Bites on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. 
BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites today. Thursday, the 14th of December, 12.35 here in the studio, having a bit of a chat about the recent data breach over at uh, Soxo. Uh, not just that, though, but kind of cybersecurity in general and some of the measures that perhaps as a company and even as an individual you should be taking um, to make sure that you are cyber safe and implementing that kind of cybersecurity culture into your business as uh, CF Funk here in the studio with me is helping me discuss things of course he's the uh he's from lgms Burhad and a cybersecurity consultant if you want to get in touch with our show get us via our U mobile whatsapp number 018-789-8899 and we are on x at bfm radio uh, just before the break we were speaking about in the event of a data breach what should you do um i think what i want to talk about now though is you've already uh, we, we've already spoken about what you should do immediately afterwards yeah. right but when we look at stuff like Incident response planning. How important is that, and how can companies ensure that their response plans are effective during a crisis? Yeah, you mentioned a very important thing: incident response planning. Mm. Now, incident response planning will serve as a guidance during incident, of course. But how do we know whether an incident incident response plan is effective? The only way to find out is to do cyber drills. It's to right. carry out the drills based on the plan, uh, simulate the event, and see whether. Everyone within the organizations know how to respond and whether the vendors are, you know, following your plans. Mm. Because the plans do not just cover yourself. We're covering our third parties, including our vendors, our suppliers. Okay. So we have to do drills. You know, the only key success factor for a plan to work is the drill. Give me an example of, of how a drill would work. You know, for people listening at home, what, yeah. what would the kind of process be? Now, there are several ways for you to carry out drills. Of course, uh, of course you must have an incident response plan first, right? Mm. You need to come up with an incident response plan. In, within the plan, you need to highlight what are the most important assets for you. Based on the assets, what are the countermeasures you need to apply in case of incident. Now, we have everything documented out and then you carry out the drills. Now, in order to carry out the drills, there are several ways. Depends on the deafness. Now, first, the easiest one would be the tabletop exercise. You know, just right. carry out, get everyone into meeting rooms. You carry out the tabletop exercise verbally. And the more intrusive one will be, a more realistic one will be the actual drill itself. Like, probably you're going to shut down a server for you know for 10 minutes and see how people react to it that that is the most extreme part of an incident response mm. plan and that is the most realistic one mm. of course we do not suggest everyone to shut down the server immediately right you know to do this but schedule a time for maintenance or what what not and do that as a realistic test you mm. know for your mm. for your plan i mean it, it almost sounds exciting to be doing that, you know, as, as an employee. Yeah. Um, but I, I understand how, you know, um, important that is. It is. Um, especially, let's say, for example, you're, you're in the finance sector, you're in insurance mm-hmm. or something like that. Something as quick and as important as that really does show you how organized your team are if your response uh, kind of planning is in place, correct? Yes, yes. Because they, they, they should know what steps they should be taking. Exactly. Everyone should know their tasks and know their roles and responsibility, mm. especially during the time of crisis. Mm. Because mm. during a time of crisis, it's the time that everyone get confused, panic. You know, you're getting a lot of pressures from mm. various parties. And uh, without a plan, you know, things will go haywire. Mm. You know, that's the only way that you need to ensure that everyone is following the rules, following the plans. The plan has to be in place. First. Right. So w- we know that you need a plan. Mm-hmm. What kind of tools should we be, uh, should companies be looking at? We, the usual tools, I'm guessing, you know, firewalls and antivirus software. But mm. are there other things that companies should be looking at investing into? Yes. Now, the firewalls and antivirus are what we call controls. Right. Now, the controls are in place to protect whatever we have, right? Yeah. 
So if you look at it from a higher layer, um, first of all, the management needs to have the buy-in first. The management mm-hmm. needs to recognize that cybersecurity, it is a business survival mm-hmm. tool, right? Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity, we need to invest in cybersecurity. We need to know what are valuable assets, whether it's tangible or intangible. The management needs to have that kind of mindset first. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of open source tools. There are a lot of open source standards, right, that are, uh, teach you how to draft up an effective incident response plan. There are a lot of uh, samples uh, out there published by, uh, for example, National Institute of Standard Technologies, NIST. They have various uh, documents that tells you how to develop um, information security policies Mm -hmm. for your organization, Mm -hmm. how to do proper access control. They have various documents out there. Mm. So to start, um, there are a few standards I can recommend. First is ISO 27001-27001. This is ISO standard, basically talks about information security protection. And the the other one is NIST. Uh, NIST, Google for NIST, Google for NIST security policies. There are various templates available. Mm. So based on those foundation, build our policies. And with the policies in place, build the practice Using the policies, right? Yeah. Well, why don't we look at things like um, collab- collaborations? Yep. You know, and this is something you'll be familiar with, of course. You know, is when organisations choose to collaborate with, um, whether it be security experts, uh, ethical hackers, who can help identify these vulnerabilities beforehand. Is, is that something that they should be considering as well? Yeah, if you do not have the capacity internally, uh, we would just strongly advise you to engage someone independent, independent and professional uh, to help you to carry out the security assessment. Mm. The key thing is like what I mentioned before, cybersecurity itself is very complex. Depending on who you talk to, if you talk to a software vendor, they will sell your software. If you talk to a firewall vendor, antivirus vendors, they'll probably sell you different things that, and when it comes to cybersecurity. Mm. So always get someone independent and they can give you a high level overview of your business to tell you what are the potential, uh, potential risks at different layers of your businesses. Mm. And that will ensure that you'll have a much better overview of your cyber risk. Right. And, and so... When this has happened, we what what about things like post incident analysis? Uh, are those as important of the, as the other things that we've Absolutely. talked about? Yes, okay. it is important because the, the only way we can learn from mistakes is to learn from the mistakes, right? Okay. Like for instance, a lot of the incidents where we have observed, um, you know, such intrusion happen. You know, the the victims just restore everything from backups, but they erase in a, in the process of doing so, they erase all the tracks that hacker left over. Then. We have no way to find out what was the root cause. Right? Mm. Without knowing the root cause, the same incident could occur again. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why it is important to preserve, you know, to preserve evidence, um, to study the evidence and learn from it. And so that we can have a much better preventive control. Follow the breadcrumbs, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Yes. How yes. did they get in? Where How did, did they, they go? In? What tools that they did they use? Yeah. You know, whether there's, there was any insiders involved or not. Yeah. We need to know all that. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, over the past couple of years, the, the big topic of discussion has been AI, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be ChatGPT or whether it be BARD or, or one thing or another. Uh, and of course, these become part of the evolving threat of mm-hmm. cybersecurity, whether or not these things can be used or not. That, that's obviously something up for debate. What strategies should organizations and companies adopt now to make sure that they're ahead of the curve even though we, I mean, you can't predict the future, but at least get yourself somewhat ahead of the curve. What, what should they be doing? Yeah, I think back to foundation, culturally, we need to be more aggressive now right. to educate educate everyone about cybersecurity. I just want to give you one example. Uh, remember just now we mentioned about phishing emails. You yeah. probably received an email giving you some instructions to do something. Yeah. Now, instead of sending out emails, we have observed 
scammers are using voice, actual voice that is created by AI to instruct the employees to carry out certain functions. I've heard that. And yeah. it is it is so convincing and mm. so realistic the employees just follow the voice because mm. it, it, you get a call coming from a CEO and it sounds exactly like the CEO, but it was created by AI. Mm. Now, this is one of the very realistic and practical uh, threats that we are seeing right now. AI is is really helping all of us to uh, to simplify a lot of things. Yeah. Now, e- even the hackers. Yeah, even the hackers. <laughs> That's why we just have to fall back to the foundation. If we have a security culture in place, you know, when we receive something that's out of ordinary, we receive instructions from uh, uh, some deviation from normal channels, we need to do something. We should mm. just follow the plan, you know, mm. follow the policies. Do not simply just take instructions over the phone or through emails and mm. carry out the instructions. Mm. So culture is very important. Okay, so just before I let you go then, when we look at organizations that are highly secured, uh, they're prepared from a, from a security, uh, cybersecurity crisis, when, what about large organizations compared to SMEs and uh, readiness here in Malaysia compared to the Southeast Asia and globally? Where do we sit here in Malaysia? I mean, I gave some statistics at the beginning. Yeah. How accurate are those, do you think? I think it's pretty realistic, and I would like to share But that's back. so scary, CF. <laughs> you know? It's pretty realistic. I would like to share another um, uh, sad news is that um, today – Today, hackers are no longer pick and choose, you know, mm. regardless whether you are a bank or insurance agencies or even you are a housewife or mm. a small business owners, hackers don't care. They're casting a wide net. Yeah, because the thing is, a lot of the hackings that are being done on the internet today are not done by human. They're mm. done by software. Mm. And software that runs 24 by 7, seven days a week, they do not take a rest. They have, do not have Christmas break. Any. They don't <laughs> they, care. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, and human only steps in, the human hackers only steps in when compromise already happened. You know, humans will take over the harvest, whatever the things has been compromised. So today, any businesses, regardless of sectors, regardless of whether they're coming from financial sector or not, are vulnerable. Mm. And we have been witnessing cyber attacks into various other sectors. Like uh, over the years, we have seen utilities companies, airlines got hacked, yeah. uh, logistics, logistic companies, hospitality sectors, hotels got hacked, casinos got hacked recently in Singapore. So hackers really don't care anymore. And everyone is a victim. Now, the sad thing is that a lot of the time SME are the more vulnerable one because we have not been spending enough in prevention. Yeah. And when the costs And they already run on a, a very tight budget. On a very lean budget. And yeah. the thing is the cost of impact is so high to the point that sometimes you can put the business you know, yeah. you can close the business because yeah. of the cyber attacks. And we have come across realistic cases, real cases like that in Malaysia. SME got hacked, you know, and they couldn't recover. Mm. All of their uh, documents, uh, invoices to the customers are all encrypted. Mm. You know, the only way they, they, they have to recover is to pay their hackers like a few million ransoms, but they cannot afford it. Mm. And they cannot even uh, restore anything from it. The business actually brought back a few years. Yeah. So I think... Everyone needs to start thinking, you know, prevention is the key. You need to start thinking prevention. What's the very bare minimum they should be doing? You know, cybersecurity doesn't have to be expensive. It can be very economical. First of all, have a good practice. Don't use pirated software. That's number one. Don't use pirated pirated software and uh, stay vigilant. Whenever there's any updates published by the vendors, always apply the update on time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And of course, culture, We, we, we can educate our employees without spending any money we just yeah, yeah have an internal uh, security awareness programs educate everyone about the the phishing attacks and uh, teaching everyone what to do mm. write a policies in the company right and a lot of these, these 
these things doesn't cost mm. the, do not cost a lot of money. And a lot of it's just common sense. Common you know? sense. Yeah. If you don't know the the sender, don't click on on this. Don't. Yeah. Do not open attachment. Don't yeah. open attachment. Yeah. yeah. Well, CF. As ever, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Richard. Folks, uh, we've been speaking uh, with CF Fung. Of course, he is uh, our cybersecurity expert from LGMS Berhad. Uh, now, if you. Uh, have uh, missed this show don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from I recommend the BFM app that's available from the Apple App Store or Google Play Um, stick around though because coming up after the one o'clock news it is the Breakfast Grill replay following the 14th World Islamic Forum Economic Forum the WIEF uh, themed global economic agenda shaping a sustainable future in over in uh, Abu Dhabi the Breakfast Grill discussed initiatives from the forum with the WIEF Foundation's chairperson they also inquired about the organisation's ongoing efforts and projects in addressing pressing global issues. That's all coming up after the one o'clock news. To take us up there, I've got some music from Wilco and some other stuff. Don't go anywhere. This is Enterprise here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.